Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Gitten Daftes, Gitten 9b, pagination is 18, counting down from the top of the page about eight lines. The beginning of the line is Hoditanya, and that's where we begin. We're dealing with a case of Eitim She'ein Yodim Lachtom, witnesses who do not have the proper proficiency to be our ideal witnesses. They're not sure how to sign their names to the document. As we'll see in a moment, we're also dealing with people who do not know the contents of the document on their own, and we're going to have to coach them along and tell them what it is that they're signing on. Regarding the witness that's not proficient in signing his name, Mekarin Lohen Niyar Chalak, you can create a stencil of sorts of blank paper, and he's going to fill the empty spots, the spots that were torn, he's going to fill them with the ink. Omar Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, Rab Shimon ben Gamliel said, When can we say this leniency? That we're going to call that writing, even though we're really, we're coaching him along, we're showing him where to put the ink, and he doesn't really understand the letters that he's signing. Bikite Noshim. We can allow that by a get for the religious bill of divorce because we're worried about Aguna. If these are the only witnesses available and we're worried that the husband is going to skip town, so we want to get the get written now, so we're going to allow this interesting leniency and call that a ksiva, a signature. But if you're dealing with any other document, if they know how to read and sign, then you could accept them as witnesses, and otherwise they cannot sign. Says the Gemara, let's clarify something here. Our original statement did not mention anything about their not being able to read the document. The original statement was simply they don't know how to sign. And the Gemara explains, <coughs> You should understand this statement as if they're missing words, that there's some basic proficiency that's missing over here from the witnesses, namely, Eidim She'en Yodim Likros, if you have witnesses who don't know how to read, Korim Lefneim, you should read the document in front of them, V'chosmin, and then they can sign, V'she'en Yodim Lachtom, and if they're not proficient in the second part of their responsibility, they don't know how to sign, so then Mikarin Lohem, you could tear paper in such a way that they'll just fill it in and their signature will be formed. So we have two massive leniencies over here for witnesses who are not fully proficient. And I say massive leniencies because I imagine if we were 
estimating what the law would be, we would expect that to be a witness, you have to be a state witness, you have to be an expert on the topic. And that's really not what's emerging over here. We have a certain accommodation that we're making for these witnesses, particularly by a get. And number one, if they don't know how to read the document, we will read it for them. There is discussion among the postkim whether this means that we're simply reading it for them, meaning they are knowledgeable in the language. They're just not literate. They can't read it. But talking, they understand the language. Or are we talking even to the point that they don't understand the language either, and we're actually translating it, and translated by a trustworthy person is sufficient that they can attest to what's in the document, which would actually be the case that commonly occurs nowadays if you take a witness on a document who's not fully proficient in the language. For example, you might have somebody signing on a ksuba, a close friend of the chasan, who actually is not so proficient in the text of the document. And it seems that, based on common practice, uh, that there are people officiating at Kedushin ceremonies who actually do allow this, we're assuming that the rabbi officiating is totally proficient in the text of the document and is able to translate it, and he informs the witnesses what it is that they're signing on. The second part is that if they're not proficient in signing their names to the document, we would be able to give them this stencil method and they would be able to sign and this would be acceptable in the case of a get, Mishim Takonos Agunos, but would not be a recommended method by other documents because it's not recognized as a signature, as a method of signing. Aruch HaShulchan goes so far as to point out that Perhaps this is totally limited to get, even halachically, because a get does not really require signatures on the document, because a de mesira karsi, it's being finalized by the witnesses who see the giving of the get. And therefore, we allow this interesting leniency by a get. One of the related topics to this interesting method of signing through a stencil is the topic of the silkscreen Sefer Torah. The concept of the silkscreen Sefer Torah is similar to a dot matrix printer where there are millions of dots in a screen. Generally, the dots are sealed but where we want a letter to form, those dots are left open. Ink is spread across the screen such that those holes that are open are holding the ink. 
And then, once the stencil form is ready, it's put on the parchment, and then the normally he would be a sofer, but he's not going to have those types of skills. He's going to have other skills. The person acting as the sofer is going to slide something across the screen and push these dots of ink onto the parchment, thus forming the letters. Now, it seems to be recognized that there's no way that this would be acceptable for tefillin and mezuzahs, because tefillin and mezuzahs have to be written kesidron, the letters in order, and over here the letters are not going to be written in order as you sweep this sponge-like device across the screen, it's not forming the letters in their proper order. You're doing them by line or by height or whatever you're doing, but it's not forming one letter and then the next. For a Sefer Torah, however, where the Shalok Sidron out-of-order issue is not a direct problem, so the discussion is, would this be considered a method of writing? And there's a lot of discussion about it, but I do believe that this Gemara that we have here about signatures would certainly be one source that should be considered. Because you see from this Gemara that on some level, they did not recognize a person's writing through a stencil as writing, as a chasimah, as an intentional act of what we need, kisfu lochem, write for yourselves a Sefer Torah. And this case of writing through the stencil is certainly a greater level of writing than the silkscreen dots of ink method, because a witness who's writing through a stencil is writing. He's just being guided by the opinion, so to speak, of the person who created the stencil. He's not doing intelligent writing, but he's certainly doing writing. He's putting the ink on the paper, on the parchment, using a utensil. It certainly would be viewed as a greater level of writing than the silkscreen, and nevertheless, it was not accepted as a signature except in the case of get, because of aguna, and even there, it's not clear that it was actually being accepted at all. It could be that it was really because of Ede Mesira Karsi, that the witnesses at the time it's given over are the real witnesses that we allowed such a leniency by the signatures. Yashar thank you for joining.